The Media Files for December 20th, 2020 is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. For me, it's 8.47 p.m. on December 17th, 2020. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair, just a week before Christmas, back again, friend of the show, everybody's favorite, the fascinating freckle. It's Abby. Abby, welcome back to the Media Files. Thanks so much for having me. I love it. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thanks. Can you believe that I'm having you on the Media Files on an episode after there's a new Taylor Swift album and we're not talking about the new Taylor Swift album? No, but I know this has been waiting a long time, right? This episode has been waiting a long time. This is an episode that has come highly requested. I've had multiple people reach out and ask about this topic. If we were going to do this topic, of course we're going to do this topic. But I, I couldn't let the episode go by and not talk about just for a second the sister album to Folklore, which is, of course, my album of the year. But uh, that Taylor Swift album, whatever, it's good. Go listen to it. There's like two or three really good songs on it. Not as good as Folklore, but it's a good album. There's really good songs on it. Have you listened to the whole thing? I have. What do you think of it? I would agree. It's not as good as Folklore, but it's got some of the same vibes and I like it. Okay. Well, there you go. Quick, uh, quick review from the media files on what's it called? I don't even remember what it's called. Oh boy. Is it called Willow? No. No, Evermore. Evermore. Taylor Swift. Evermore. New album. Listen to it. Whatever. But more importantly than Evermore by Taylor Swift, we're talking about perhaps one of the biggest television events of the year. If not the biggest television event of the year, we're talking about the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is the first live-action TV series in the Star Wars universe and was created by Jon Favreau. A lone bounty hunter is tasked with retrieving a bounty, but upon finding his target, is shocked to learn it is a small child. Curiously, the same race that fans will recognize as Yoda. The bounty hunter has now accepted the responsibility to protect the child from seemingly the entire galaxy as they seek to abduct the child for their own purposes. The show stars Pedro Pascal in the helmeted titular role and as the series' sole lead, though multiple recurring and guest characters and actors appear throughout, including Giancarlo Esposito. Gina Carano, Carl, Carl Weather, Werner Herzog, Nick Nolte, Amy Sedaris, Ming Nawen, Katie Shackoff, uh, Rosario Dawson. There's so many people that show up in this show. It premiered season two on Disney Plus, October 30th, 2020. And at the time of recording, we are currently about three hours and 10 minutes away from the final episode of season two premiering on Disney Plus. I'm very excited, but before we really talk about any spoil we won't go into deep spoilers about season two on this episode but what do you think about the mandalorian 
Well, I love it. You know, my husband and I love Star Wars, and we were terribly excited to have this opportunity to watch even more Star Wars. Um, my husband's favorite character was always Boba Fett, so he was always a Mandalorian fan, and it's been a blast. And speaking, I mean, specifically about Boba Fett, this had to be a nice go into season two, mm-hmm. as Boba Fett has be, kind of become a, a recurring character mm-hmm. for especially the latter half of season two, right? Yes, so I think he he popped up here and there in the in the background. So we were really excited to see an episode that really featured him fully, and and now he's really delved deep into kind of the main group of characters. So I think that's one of the fun things about the Mandalorian is kind of seeing this expanded role of this of the Star Wars characters that you might know from some of the other Star Wars media, like the movies or TV shows or books or video games. Right. These characters that you learn from elsewhere and now are getting kind of this on screen representation of them and seeing them acted by really very talented and and professional actors. And that's kind of a, a fun go into. It's something that I've enjoyed about The Mandalorian. I will say that despite the global admiration for this show, it's not my favorite show. It's not even a show that I maybe love, but I do like. I would say I like not love The Mandalorian. There are so many things about The Mandalorian that I like. I think it's very John Favreau. He has such a such a way of creating an atmosphere on a show and and getting you involved in this whatever environment he sets his show is. His shows are so atmospheric and environmental. If you've ever watched Chef, which is his movie that's set in Miami and it's him and John Leguizamo, who also appears as a voice in the show. And they're making Cuban sandwiches on this on this food truck. That show is very Miami. You know, I mean, you feel like you're in Miami when watching the show. If you've watched The Jungle Book, you feel the same. It's very atmospheric and you get the sights and the sounds and the uh, you can almost smell the jungle. And that's how I feel watching The Mandalorian. It's very kind of these long drawn shots of desert alien landscapes and kind of these charred jungles and cities that that he goes into. And that's what I really like about it. There are other things that I dislike about it. I think that it can be slow and and a little too long winded sometimes for my taste. But I'm willing to forgive those things, especially talking about season two. I think we have a much quicker paced story and a much more focused story than we did in season one. Yeah, agreed. It's my husband and I discussed kind of the interesting part about the show is it's almost akin to a video game in that you have your primary quest, which is to get the, the child to his species or to somebody who can take care of him. And then you have these side quests you have to complete. Every episode's a different side quest and um, not necessarily related to the main drive of the show, but still gives you an interesting picture of the daily life of these people in this universe, which is really cool. I do think that that's one of my one one thing that kind of annoyed me at some point were these side quests, but ended up being some of the best episodes. There are episodes, especially from season one, but also in season two, that has Bill Burr as one of the recurring guests, and he's funny, like you would expect Bill Burr to be, but also a surprisingly good actor that I'm not sure I also expected out of Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, using these different actors and seeing these different actors come into the TV show has always been very fun. It's been one of my favorite parts to kind of see the different cameos that get put in. 
and sometimes in bigger names. Rosario Dawson playing this Jedi who a lot of fans know from other media. Uh, uh, Katie Sackhoff playing Bo-Katan, who's from the, I think it's the Clone Wars Mm -hmm. cartoon, which I haven't watched, admittedly, but is a fan favorite. I understand that much. I will say, talking about The Mandalorian specifically, it feels so authentically different than other Star Wars media. I think it's really cool that they're going into kind of the daily um, routines of all these people. You know, you go to that like water planet with the the sailing octopus looking guys. I don't yeah. know what they're called. But, I don't know either. Um, you know, and they're just doing their daily, you know, fishing expeditions and you're just on that, that boat with them and... And then chaos ensues and you're back into the main story, which is really cool. Right. There's a definite different feeling and air of the show compared to some other Star Wars media. And you and I have talked about this. Like you said, you and your husband, both really big Star Wars fans, you yourself wearing a Star Wars sweater at the moment. You were going to buy a Star Wars rug at some point. We have one. Did you buy it? Yeah. It's got uh, it's got the Mandalorian helmet and the Stormtrooper helmet and the Darth Vader helmet, but it's Damask and it's very subtle. Right. So you really have to be a fan. In order if you to appreciate if you it. look at it, then you see it. But otherwise, it kind of blends in as this kind of. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Very, very nice rug. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that you actually bought that rug. Yeah. Because we talked. You showed it to me before you bought it. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Lindsay was talking about buying one for the boys' rooms. It was the one with the had the the tie fighters like kind of in the yeah. pattern. Yeah, it's they're really, so cool. Yeah, lots of cool, neat little and not and again subtle some right. some of them. So now, like I said, you and I have talked about before how I I don't particularly consider myself a Star Wars fan. I watch all Star Wars movies and uh, you know play some Star Wars video games. No Star Wars lore, but like I said, I think that there is more Star Wars that I dislike than I like. There are more movies that I dislike than I like. I only like probably four of the movies, really, that I could say that I actually like. One or two of them that I think are okay, and then the other ones I don't think are good at all. And so... The Mandalorian, for me, one of the things I like about it is that it feels most like the original trilogy. And like I said, of the four movies that I actively like about Star Wars, three of them are the original trilogy. And The Mandalorian harkens back to a lot of the themes that I think we saw out of the original trilogy. This this dark, cold galaxy of drifters and vagabonds that have this almost western theme to it right and that's a that's a obviously and very unambiguously a theme of the mandalorian the music the shots the stories are very western it's the lone wolf and cub right Mm -hmm. and i i like hearkening back to those themes the japanese themes that came out of the original trilogy also kind of come back in this with the samurais and the code the the bushido code right of the mandalorian and and the jedi those things are also make a reappearance here and these are things that do make me like it because they remind me of the original trilogy yeah agreed i think it has that same vibe and it does have a lot of callbacks to the original if you're a big fan you can kind of recognize a lot of the little things in the background like the graffiti on the walls um being anti-empire and all that stuff and again people who i mean love or not so much love star wars can appreciate that so it's definitely a crowd pleaser for new fans and old kind of hits everybody often when i'm watching the mandalorian i 
think about and and kind of re- try to recast the show in a different light in my mind using the same characters but putting them in old west costumes and old west kind of houses with old west creatures right like horses and bulls and oxen instead of tauntauns and spaceships and whatever else right because the show really just does feel like an old western again i'm a big fan of westerns and i mean very specifically in some episodes like the first episode of this season which starred timothy oliphant as the sheriff of this town who stole boba fett's armor right and this is kind of the first callback that we get to boba fett Mm -hmm. Timothy Oliphant in that role is awesome, but it is just such a Western episode. They go and they speak to the Tuscans, and it's just them speaking to natives on this planet, right? It feels so authentic and feels just like a love letter to other genres. The Mandalorian has spawned a huge uh, media and global phenomena in one of its characters. I'm not going to say its name because maybe that's a spoiler for some people if they haven't got that far in the show, but you do learn the name eventually but to the internet at large we call this character baby yoda baby yoda is everywhere on t-shirts and toys on mugs and in memes very meme worthy child but exceptionally cute what do you think overall about baby yoda he's super cute and actually he's our tree topper this year I, I didn't know find, that i couldn't find uh, our our typical one so what is your typical one our, it's like this dancing ballerina angel looking it was one. jesus but you have a new god now now. Yeah, I guess yes. so. Baby Yoda. <laughs> I'm afraid of Baby Yoda every night. But it's, you know, he it is. He's everywhere. We have, you know, lots of Baby Yoda toys. And even my kiddo is two years old and, and knows who Baby Yoda is. So what does she call it? Baby Yoda. She calls it Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. not the child. No. 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 How do you feel about watching him eat spiders? Well, uh, remember that? Yeah. And then but... the, the, the legs out of his mouth oh, and stuff. Yeah. And like frogs and stuff. I don't know. It doesn't bother me. Something about it is still cute. Yeah. Right. About watching him like slurp up these creatures yeah, these, is still charming. These eggs, raw eggs and... I remember originally seeing the child in the first episode. Right at the end of the first episode, you you meet the child for the first time. And I remember thinking, wow, this feels so Disney. Disney being so notorious for creating something cute and cuddly in the story that doesn't have too much of an effect, but is there to sell merchandise. And that's, I mean, that's a Disney trademark through and through. That's not what it turned out to be, though. I mean, the child really does turn out to be a a staple of the show. And I mean, what makes the show itself in general, right, in that in that this is a character that has emotion and motive and plot behind it, but also powerful, Mm. reminds me a lot of true, again, going back to the Western thing, true grit, right, the old you know, um, angry, man. angry man is is protecting this seemingly helpless child who actually is not helpless, actually is really helpful to have around and can hold their own when necessary. Saves him a couple of times as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I, I don't I think that originally, you know, probably in some producer's room in a writer's room, this was a ploy to sell merchandise originally, but it's grown so much more than that. And I'm so happy with the effect that baby yoda has had on star wars as a whole yeah i think he's got a personality of his own like you said and you're always looking to see what little baby yoda is doing in the background and he never disappoints you never i also and this shouldn't go 
by without me saying I'm so happy that it's a puppet and not CG. Yeah, there it is, makes it cuter. Makes it, it a lot more well, it real. Ma- and- it makes it cuter, first of all. And it makes you feel like, number one, it's real. There is a weight in those scenes when Pedro Pascal as Mando picks up Baby Yoda. He's not picking up, you know, a, a green screen ball. He's picking up that Yoda and you see it and you feel him holding it. You know, there is much more in that scene than a CG creature. And the puppetry movement of it also just feels, again, the original trilogy feels very authentic to Star Wars and the the specific entries of Star Wars that I'm so fond of. Going back to its roots and callbacks to the original. Exactly. Yoda just worked better as a puppet than he did as a weird little CG creature <laughs> that moved funny and never looked like he was part of the scene. Well, and a lot of the other creatures in the films or in the, the show also appear to be puppet or animatronic rather yes. than CG, which is cool. And also make it a lot of makeup better. for some of them. And it just feels better. Mm-hmm. It feels better. It mm-hmm. looks better. And to be fair, we've gotten a lot better at puppetry and at makeup than the... You know, the originals or even, you know, the the prequel trilogy of the early 2000s, the CG in those do not hold up when you watch them. And so even though the CG is better now, our puppetry is better, our makeup is better. And I'm glad that we're kind of back on that trend of using practical effects to make things appear real and in the scene. I did reach out on social media to listeners of the Media Files to ask what they thought about The Mandalorian and got some really thoughtful and long and expressive comments. I can't read all the things that we received because some people have some strong feelings on The Mandalorian, but we'll start with a few. Robbie reached out on Discord, and part of what he said was that he's very much enjoying the show. However, and quote, I am very skeptical, skeptical with what Disney will let the team of writers and directors do. I hope they leave them alone and let them do what they have planned, especially after the new trilogy of movies felt like such a letdown. I really couldn't agree more with that. I And as much as I think that Disney has the ability to produce something of quality, they also have the ability to meddle and ruin something that I love. And I've seen them do that before. We watched them do that with the this sequel trilogy that really was a letdown for most people. I think me especially and you probably as well just didn't enjoy it as much. And I just I want Jon Favreau and Filoni to be able to do what they do best and keep going with where they have this show. I love that they have multiple directors. Almost every direct or every episode is directed by somebody different. So there are a lot of different voices and they bring their own flavors to each episode. Bryce Dallas Howard. You can almost tell it's like, oh, I can tell this was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard or Filani or... um, Favreau, who directs some of them. Taika Waititi. You can tell when, you know, it's got that flavor of Taika Waititi. (laughs) There's a a very specific kind of scripting that he does and and set design. You're right. Eric reached out on Instagram. He said that Filoni and Favreau are the new Star Wars. They've done a masterful job of mirroring season one without making it feel like a repeat, which is what Lucas was a master at. Something I really dislike about the new trilogy was that it really felt like it was trying to do the same thing as the original trilogy. And this doesn't. This feels new and fresh, and they're able to take the show and make something new out of it. I totally agree. I think if if Favreau and Filoni have the reins of Star Wars going forward, it will probably be in good hands. 
I think they have a good opportunity coming up, um, maybe introducing additional Jedi into the story. So hopefully they don't follow the same characters that we're already aware of, um, like you said. Bridget on Instagram reached out and said, I loved finding out new things or backstories we don't know yet about the universe. Then I grew to love the relationship between Mando and the child and finding out more about the Mandalorian history. And I, yeah, I think that's something that does get looked over is we're learning so much about in these little conversations that happen in the show, you learn about Mandalorian creed, Mandalorian history, some war that they had, right? And who was in that war, what the different sides of the war were. And as not an aficionado of the extended universe of Star Wars, I don't know if this was something that was kind of preconceived prior to this show, but it works really well for this show. And I love finding out those little tidbits now as part of this greater Star Wars universe that is actually canon and actually put on screen. My husband read recently that I think this was a a playoff of a movie they were planning starring Boba Fett. So I'm glad that they went this direction, like you said, exploring the history of the Mandalorians, not just Boba Fett, which is he's kind of unique because obviously the Mandalorian, the main character uh, is very strict zealot in that strict zealot group that we didn't know existed until we met Bo-Katan and she said, you know, you're you're the weird one. Right. Um, so like you said, I think it's cool to explore the, the history from a different perspective rather than the characters we already know. I'd also say that I do think this works much better as a TV show than as a film and I'm very happy that we're getting that edition of it instead of instead of what could have been. I think that was the right decision. Finally, Sam, friend of the show, did reach out when I questioned about The Mandalorian, and she said, boring. One word, boring. I think that's a perfect, perfectly reasonable critique of the show. It does draw on. It does get a little long-winded and boring, especially in parts of season one, but I do think that season two has been better about a lot of that. Going forward, this obviously isn't going to be the final season of the show. We only have one episode left. As we record this, as you listen to it, you may have already watched what happens at the end of season two. But Abby, I want to know, what are your predictions of the Mandalorian going forward? I'm hoping they introduce the kind of villainous characters that they've hinted at that only people who are you know really into the, the other Star Wars media might recognize. Um, I hope they bring back additional characters that, you know, maybe they can all come together and work together to, to figure this out and get baby Yoda back to his people, his, his, his family, his, his new homeland, dada. his new dad uh, <laughs> in the Mandalorian. Yeah. I do think that we are going to see probably if I had to guess five to six seasons of the Mandalorian, that feels like kind of the trajectory that they're going for. Obviously this isn't the end. I don't think season three will be the end. It's huge. They're making a ton of money off of it. So they're going to run it for a while. I think we're going to get a week season. I think that we're going to have probably a whole season, maybe upcoming season three, where Mando and the child are not together. And during that season, it's just going to feel like a different show because we're missing a whole piece of the show that we love so much, which is their companionship. And with that removed from it, we're probably going to get some criticisms, people that don't like it as much, but it'll come back. I think that we're probably going to get a season where we really start to see the strengths of Baby Yoda and what he's capable of and maybe some training, you know, for him to to fully expand his his powers, his force powers. 
whatever happens, I think we're going to get a lot more of him, but we are going to get some time where we have a down season that people don't like as much because we're missing something. They have to shake it up somehow. And the only reason this sweet, close, awesome relationship exists is to break it up at some point. That's what's going to make us want it back, right? So it has to happen. I think that I think that it's a given at this point. Who's been your favorite? You didn't know I was going to ask this, but who's been your favorite celebrity cameo or or person that they've brought onto the show? Well, I really enjoyed Rosario Dawson's depiction of Ahsoka Tano. I think, of course, my husband had stuff to say about it because it wasn't perfect, but um, I thought her um, presence was really interesting and and her what she brought to the show. Show, her energy and her kind of seriousness sometimes too. For so, sure. Yeah. She did a good job of embodying that character and putting it out on the screen for us to see. So I have to say, and this is a recurring character on the show, but I have been blown away by Gina Carano and every scene that she's in, she has completely stolen. I think that she's been so good on the show. I love when she pops up. I love when they talk to her and that he goes to her for help. And she's kind of become this this other ally that he can go to certain times. She's really been a help. And of course, Bill Burr, like I said, he's just been fantastic every time he's been in any episode. He's been awesome. But those have been definitely my favorite here on the media files. Everything we talk about, we give it a very arbitrary rating that means nothing. And so I must know, everybody wants to know, what is your arbitrary rating of The Mandalorian? Well, for those who under who see the show a lot and might understand this reference, I would give it 9.6 Camtonos of Beskar. See, I watched the show and I barely understand <laughs> that reference. You have to watch it again. The second time you get the reference. <laughs> well, it, I mean, I know the words, but I have to like really, that's, that's is that, I mean, 9.6 out of like 10? I don't know. Yes, I, I guess it doesn't sorry. matter. It's arbitrary, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But that seems like a lot of Beskar. It's, I mean, oh, it's yeah. very valuable. That's a lot of Beskar. In regards to The Mandalorian, I think thinking about the Mandalorian, this is the way I don't think that the Mandalorian is perfect, but I think in order to restore the Star Wars universe as this staple, huge media fandom, this is the way that they need to go. This is the way that they need to continue on. This is what's going to fix it. This is where it shines. This is the way. But I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to watch the last episode. I actually have to work tomorrow, which I never have to work on Fridays. And I'm upset about it. You usually watch it at midnight or? No, I usually watch it on Friday. Yeah. But I can't until like late tomorrow. So I I feel like halfway through the day, I'm going to get on Facebook and people are going to be like, oh, my gosh. People spoil it a lot. Yoda died. Like, oh, man. Like, well, son of a gun. Well, nix this show yeah they just delete the we're gonna record it give it a zero (laughs) but that's all the time we've got we want to thank you for sticking around to this episode of the media files and thank you again abby for sharing your star wars love with us my pleasure. Anytime you want to talk about Star Wars, give me a call. Tell a friend, tell a co-worker, help us grow, and special thanks to Brian for technical assistance. Don't forget to bookmark leveldowngames.com. I'm on Twitter or Instagram at Brewstoff. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H. Newly on TikTok at The Media Files. Not a lot there yet. Maybe someday, though, I'm figuring it out. Or at the Level Down Games Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to, and maybe we'll talk about it in an upcoming show. Until next time, be kind, be honest, And we'll see you later.
yeah.